0: Welcome to Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. I'm Tabitha Wallace. Please support this podcast and more by subscribing for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash Tabitha Wallace. Welcome to Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. I'm Tabitha Wallace. And today on Broadviews, I'd like to talk about how legacy and race intertwine in ways we don't normally think about guiding our votes and our life choices. Many of us thought that Obama would be the hard left ride that we all desperately needed following the Bush years. However, that didn't happen in the way we thought on so many levels. Now, as we watch the Democratic primary, unlike one we've never seen, how does race fit into our anger at particular candidates? Do we have a reason to be upset by the way that women and people of color were and are still being represented in the race or has the whole thing become such a sporting event that we can't see past the ends of our noses at the dirty tricks being played on us joining me to discuss this and much more is my good friend berkeley-based filmmaker and host of the podcast lj presents and much more please welcome to broadviews l jeffrey moore
1: hey tabitha how's it going i have a question
0: okay i'll try to have an answer
1: okay cool okay so I have to start with the prologue, okay? So I just want everybody to have a baseline as to what I'm thinking. Okay, here we go. All right, so we remember what happened in 2008. President Obama was uh, elected. Barack Obama was elected. Everybody was great. Everybody was excited. Oh, my God, we did it. It's about damn time. All that stuff, right? First African-American, you know, president. Whew, all right. Okay. So as time went on, we discovered that some of the things he did were beneficial to middle class America, and then some things were not. Vis-a-vis um uh, the whole bank bailout, which did nothing for middle America. Uh his staff, uh, we found out was filled with people from Goldman Sachs, so forth and so on, to dropping every bomb in the u.s to where not on u.s oil but you know like in other countries to fulfill you know the american empire in regards to oil and being the police for you know the world to the dakota pipeline where it's reminiscent of the 1960s where you have a president of color not really saying anything or just being inactive to a group of Native Americans who didn't want an oil pipeline going through their land, and we all know when you put a pipeline, it breaks down a lot, poisons the water, makes everything you know unlivable. So we're seeing uh, these atrocities that I think are reminiscent, you know, to the 1960s, the radical 60s, ironically enough. If I'm if i a quote former presidential yeah. candidate Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I'm trying, I'm trying to be good. Okay, <laughs> okay.
0: There is this is a no judgment zone.
1: Exactly, exactly. Everything that's coming out of my mouth right now, it you know what, it could be a little snarky, but I'm trying. I'm holding it back. Now we fast forward a little bit to. Uh, former presidential candidate, Elizabeth Warren, dropping out of the race, and everybody is up in arms. Oh, we could have had a woman president, and yet the patriarchy didn't, didn't do it. Now, granted, I know there's an argument in that, and there's nothing that I disagree. There's nothing in those statements that I disagree with, for the most part. However, I do question why people have forgotten or have chosen to forget that there is still another woman running for president. She's a combat veteran. She is a woman of color and she has not dropped out. And she only has one, or I believe maybe two delegates. So my question is if the DNC, who keeps moving the goal, the goal, the, the, the requirements to keep her from talking. Why are we upset that Elizabeth Warren dropped out? Now, granted, if that was your candidate of choice, awesome. I I, well, you know, I, I feel for you, you know, I'm empathetic to that. Uh, Your person didn't, can't go any further. You know, that's too bad. I totally understand. But if it's purely from a Having a qualified person who happens to be a woman, you know, why are we, why are we ignoring her? Hashtag invisible woman.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you why. At least my, my, the way I see it. It really doesn't have to do with her policies because the same policies come out of men's mouths all the time. In, in these elections when it comes to foreign policy. Nothing she's saying about her foreign policy is, is very different than a lot of the men on either side of the aisle. So its I don't think it's specifically about that. I think what it is with Tulsi Gabbard is she is not, according to the Beltway punditry, quote-unquote, respectable. She doesn't, you know, fit in to that corporate DNC narrative. Like she's not, she's never been willing to sort of toe the line. I mean, she'll do the, she did vanity, you know, they were happy to sit in a room and do vanity fair, you know, shoots with her Vogue or whatever magazines and stand there and pretend like we call, she's an equal, but everybody knew she wasn't, you know, she was never going to be an equal because she doesn't fall into that respectability. She isn't the person that is going to, you know, whatever pyramid scheme they have going on in Capitol Hill where like, you know, politicians get other younger politicians into the game and get them on, like, you know, Raytheon and everybody's teat, so to speak. She doesn't fall into that. She's not going to be in your pyramid scheme. She's not going to do that, and they don't like that because she won't just fall into line. So it's, you know, it's easier to just erase her as a woman. It's a lot easier because as a woman, it's easy to just kind of say, you know, poo-poo. And... I mean, I knew the attacks against her were gonna be bad. I knew they weren't gonna give her a chance to even have a platform to right. even have it looked at rationally. Like we knew that wasn't gonna happen. Right. Right. And once I saw Kamala Harris going after her and the way that they went after her, which is so disingenuous, like have a real conversation about it. Don't just be like, you meet with dictators. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's called the UN. People do it all the time. Okay. Um <laughs> Exactly. You know, like, stop. There's a million pictures of Hillary and everybody shaking hands and sitting down. That's what they do. You know, turning it into some sort of, like, she's a Russian asset. Which, you know, I I wasn't shocked. But I, I think it's because there was no, you know, Jill Stein isn't running. So they didn't have her to sort of be the punching bag. But they will not recognize her as a, as a woman of color. They will not recognize her, Tulsi Gabbard as you know, one of their, one of their
1: own. Okay. Okay. So I, so if that's the case, then it's pretty safe, pretty much safe to say that, uh, the DNC is practicing the same racism and misogyny, you know, on her, uh, you know, for example, you know, they're ignoring her and then letting everybody else, you know, say, oh, now we have two old white men. There, our choices are three old white men. Right. So if we're talking about that, like it it just seems disingenuous that it, it, it really just seems as if they're totally 86ing Tulsi Gabbard out <clears throat> and promoting the fact that, oh, America hasn't learned anything. We just have we have three old white men, you know, so. You know, you go out to middle America who, or anybody else for that matter, who looks at, you know, mainstream media, you know, they don't know that Tulsi is still running. Right. So in that regards, I I don't think that the argument is, I don't think the argument is valid because it's being used to box someone out if that's, if that's fair to say.
0: What, but what excuse, I'm sorry, what the excuse being given that.
1: The excuse being given that our choices now are three old white men, Biden, uh, mm-hmm. current President Trump and, and Bernie Sanders. So we're complaining about, ha- the, uh, you know, those being our choices, but it's clear that, you know, mainstream media is ignoring Tulsi Gabbard. And everyone in Twitter land is ignoring her as well. If they are part, if they are part of the establishment, quote unquote. Oh yeah. And I'm trying not to make, yeah, I'm trying not to make it an us versus them. But you know, when I go through some of the Facebook feeds or the Twitter feeds, which I don't want to in general, but I, but being in the business that we are in, you still have to like, see what's going on you know in the matrix so i look at it and it's you know i i and i try to keep my comments for these long-form discussions you know that that we're doing you know right now because i don't i i believe that you can't necessarily have a true discussion uh on twitter everyone is just firing either thoughts ideas every now and again, a, a, a snarky, you know, little tweet, you know, just to try and put someone in their, in their place. You know what I mean? I mean, I get yeah. it. It's, it's a necessary evil that as podcasters and as people that, you know, that are in the media that we have to be a, a keep abreast of, you know, I, I get that. And every now and again, I do chime in on something, but I try to, I try to keep it at bay so that I can do more of this. Talking to you.
0: You know? Right. So yeah. we can get through the day. Just get yeah. through the day most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very stra it's very strange to me because there's a there's this uh thing about this entire election the last few months, especially the last like two, three months. You know, there was this entire narrative about how evil roaming hordes of Bernie bros were going about the internet. Trashing anybody who said anything nice about Elizabeth or anybody, like that, there was this, you know, concerted effort by Bernie Sanders supporters and that they were particularly worse Mm -hmm. context, that they were particularly bad, that they were particularly rude and just, you know, not bringing unity in all of this. And yet, like you said, it's like, I, you know, look up Tulsi on Twitter and one of the first things comes up is someone with the Green Warren background saying, It appears that cities are now banning gatherings of 200 or more. Uh, This will not affect Tulsi Gabbard rallies.
1: (laughs) That's fucked up.
0: (laughs) Great unity, there, guys. (laughs) Like Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was that was low. (laughs) I'm like, save it for Trump. I mean, that's who gets my snark. I will snark all day about Trump and his cabinet and people who are legitimately sitting, doing terrible jobs with our taxpayer dollars. Oh, yeah. But to be like, it's like, dude, say nothing. Why do you have to... Like, what, you're angry? Like, what did Tulsi do? She stole votes from Elizabeth? That didn't happen.
1: No, no. They're upset because she endorsed Bernie back in 2016, and she left a prominent position within the DNC, and she she just basically followed her gut, which is what millions of us, you know, have done throughout the U.S., where it's like, we're not going to follow the lesser of two evil rule anymore, you know?
0: No. And you're so selfish for saying
1: "I am, but you know though i i think I think the big thing is is this when I look back at former presidents and what they've said about you know black people here in America and women in America just you know just in general, you know you can. That you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be privy to quotes again. You know, with presidents being, you know, saying things that are misogynistic or misogynistic or what have you. But I will say, you know, starting I don't know from Thomas Jefferson till present day, where you have them saying, yeah, black folks don't really account for anything. They're not smart or they are inferior. It's been they've been saying that since the day this country was formed. You know, up until, you know, present. And, and and I'm not just talking about, you know, Republican presidents, you know, I'm talking about Democratic presidents as well. You know, Lyndon B. Johnson with, you know, when he signed the, you know, the civil rights bill, it was, ah, I'll, I, and I quote, I'll have these niggers voting Democratic for, for generations to come. I'm misquoting it, but that's pretty much the jest. So when, so when I, think about all of that and i think about what's happening now i'm thinking i have to try and break this cycle and and not have to think oh well i better vote democratic because they have my best interest in mind and we have found out that uh they do not
0: well i think we're so confused about what is the what is what is the democratic party what is this supposed mm. to stand for what has it stood for mm-hmm. um and and i f- am seeing a lack of there there are some low information pundits out there talking about the you know the democratic party has always stood for this the democratic party has always you know been this right and and, and There's a complete lack of understanding. I mean, the platforms of the two parties flipped. They weren't the same. They haven't been like this since the beginning. It's not as if there was like from the ashes of a Civil War came two groups. It's not like that didn't it didn't work that way. And I don't know that even the DNC understands what its platform is supposed to be. I don't know that they know what the direction is that they actually stand for, because most of it, if you look at it, it's hypocrisy. They're doing the opposite of what they say they believe in.
1: Right.
0: So, so you're asking people to vote for an organization that doesn't have a, I mean, I don't want to say legitimate set of standards, but I don't see them. Right. And I think a lot of people don't see them right right and where's the responsibility? I think the party has just been so flippant about you know young voters about you know understanding what's changing in the world and what needs needs to change in the party and in a candidate that they're just ignoring, and if they ignore all of especially young voters and voters of color, right. they're going to get. Royally hosed. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, perfect example of of why uh why Barack Obama won back in two thousand eight was because of young voters and President Obama took to Twitter. That was the first time we actually used social media, yep. right? So what we're seeing now is we're seeing younger voters gravitate towards Bernie Sanders and everyone is not listening to younger people. Like they're not like the stat, the, the powers that be are like, screw the young folks. We're going to turn, we're going to make this what we want it to be. And they're just ignoring, they're just ignoring them, you know? So <clears throat> it's them trying to reverse uh, how they won the first time, but they actually have a candidate that they don't want. So they got to try and manufacture a whole bunch of stuff to try and, uh, force a round object to a square you know square hole
0: yeah I mean it just it really feels like we're trying to put together a puzzle but we have no but we're you know we've we flipped it over so there's no picture and we don't know what the hell the the puzzle is we're supposed to put together but everybody's got an opinion yeah
1: yeah that's for sure that's for sure and uh yeah but you know what I mean we're fine I mean you know granted Everybody's buying toilet paper at Costco so when when I'm not podcasting when I'm not acting and when I'm not you know doing a whole bunch of other creative stuff, uh, my regular job sends me to a variety of retail stores or, or you know grocery stores what have you and I'm looking at the general public, the general populace right so I'm seeing droves of people with carts of toilet paper
0: i think people freaked out because they think that everything we use comes from china mm. and they worry about supply chain problems which is an issue with things like face masks which we don't make here years ago uh something like 80 to 90 percent of our surgical face masks in the united states were made by a company called kimberly clark mm-hmm. um a huge paper company mm-hmm. Part of that was because over the course of one year, they moved all of that work, all of the face mask stuff to China.
1: Wow. What administration? What what year? What year?
0: So like late 90s, early 2000s, they started getting out of, everybody started move, sort of shifting what they were making, which happens a lot. Like right now, the same paper companies like Kimberly Clark used to make a lot more uh, baby diapers. Mm,
1: okay.
0: Tons and tons of baby diapers. Their biggest business around where I grew up, where there are a lot of paper mills in Central Wisconsin, was baby diapers, baby wipes, things like that. Those kind of paper products that were were there. They've they've shifted away from that because people aren't having as many babies. So now what they're doing is they've shifted to doing adult diapers and like pads for beds and things like that, like paper products for the elderly. Um, okay. But there, it you know, so now we have another situation where here is a product that, you know, face masks, that is a paper product that can be made here. Tons of jobs. It would, you know, in this kind of a situation, they could immediately like switch and start making them. Um, but they can't now because they moved everything overseas. And so now it's like, hey, guess what? You need to buy a whole bunch of equipment and reset your your factories to start making something that we actually need. In the case of toilet paper, however, the hoarding of the toilet paper is actually kind of silly because supply chains on toilet paper will probably not be interrupted because about 80% of our toilet paper is made domestically or in Canada and Mexico. Oh, well So we're not going to run out of, out of TP, which if you think about logically, how stupid would it be to to make toilet paper in China and then think about how much space they take up I don't know. Uh, and then I, ship them over? Like toilet paper would cost so much if that's where we got it from. So uh, oddly enough, that one, we're toilet paper. We're going to be OK. But I still think everyone should just get a bidet.
1: I You know, what I I can't wait to move and because my next bathroom will have a bidet
0: it's the best thing ever yeah it's the best like 40 dollars i ever spent i uh-huh. if you have kids if you have kids though i can see if you have like little kids that mm-hmm. and they if they share a bathroom with you, you probably don't want to have because it can be a i mean it's a fountain of water that comes out right. so right because i have, have a few friends like, yeah and i have friends who who have like kids you know kids under like you know, around seven and, seven, and they're like, this will be a disaster if we put this in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're the best. They're like, they are, but we're going to wait till these two are like a little more yeah, grown out to handle it. But I am a big, I love bidets. They're the best. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. But I also normally keep three months of toilet paper on hand. So this whole thing was like <laughs> amateurs.
1: And you know how big a Costco can be? So just imagine... From the front of the store, where the registers are, and you take that line and you go all the way back to where the frozen foods section is. And actually further back to the refrigerated area uh, near the back stock. It's It was like, this is amazing. Like, I've never seen anything like this.
0: So now we have, you know, we're looking at an election that may take place. And nobody has said anything, and I keep waiting for somebody to go, if this coronavirus thing gets any worse, which it will, and we're canceling things, what happens to the Democratic convention in July? What happens to elections? I mean, the UK actually just uh, delayed elections till the fall because they were like, we don't want people rolling up to the polls, reinfecting each other. Yeah. So what happens, you know, have we nipped it in the bud early enough?
1: Well, how far out are we with like with this whole uh, projection of of spreading spreading this virus?
0: It's all about this infection curve. And okay. if, you know, if we can isolate people and keep it the infection rates down, then it won't rise suddenly. But because we didn't super quick and because we're not testing. Mm. We don't actually know how bad it is. So there could be a point in the next month where all these people that have been walking around before we did anything could be passing it back and forth. And a bunch of people could be asymptomatic and, and handing it out. And then we'll see a huge spike because we don't know. So the idea is we want the curve to be like a slow, like slowly people get sick. And then, you know, you'd rather have it like last longer, but be lower than be really fast. and Gotcha. This is my thing. So Comic-Con Anaheim, I think it is, just got canceled. And I, you know, I think there's so many things. First of all, you know, like basketball. Yeah. The only thing left right now, by the way, (laughs) is is WWE. (laughs) And I'm like,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) you will not take us down. I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, say what you will. The Smackdown will still be going.
0: (laughs) I don't care how we're doing this. It's happening. So yeah, it's kind of strange. I don't think people understood what containing this would mean. I think they kind of laughed when they saw like China. Look, there's no one in the streets. Oh, here's Italy. There's no one in the streets. But Obviously, this proves that we don't need universal health care for everyone. Obviously, this Ugh. proves the case. It's fine. <laughs> I feel so safer knowing. You know what? You've convinced me we don't need universal health care. This will be fine.
1: And it's it's I, I, I find it. Well, no, I actually think this is probably right on par with uh, what President Trump you know, said last night when he addressed, you know, his people's, you know, in regards to I heard him say really nothing. Well, no, in the end he was talking about wash your hands, you know, cover your mouth. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Okay. But cool. Thanks for reiterating that, Mr. President. You know, but then before that he was like you know basically saying I'm t- what companies, what small companies are getting tax tax exempt or yeah. You know, people who are salaried employees are still going to get paid or you know work from home and there's something where where businesses will still be able to get a, not a kickback, but get subsidied, you know, because of this. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I guess from a businessman, business person's point of view, this is looking at the company. We're going to give these breaks to the companies and the companies are going to divvy out the wealth or divvy out the, the humane, Humanity stuff, right? And it didn't come from the president, you know, himself. Which, which is it's very cold, you know. Like when I listened to him, I was like, you know, I know in your world this actually sounds good to you, you know, as far as like how money is going to be uh, allotted you know, and so we're putting all of this energy into, into a physical object that literally has no real backing whatsoever, other than what we give it because it's not backed by gold anymore. Right. So mm-hmm. I, and I'm actually surprised. I, I thought we would go by robot apocalypse, but the uh, infected zombie pandemic, you know, wins out. I never knew that was going to be the case, but shit. All right. Well, let's start Told you. well, you know, I, I, I just looked at the way things were going. You know, everybody was talking about AI, AI. And I'm like, well, fuck, man, they keep doing this. We're going to have a, a robot that's going to get conscious and be like, fuck y'all, you know, but no. The,
0: the, that's the thing about it. You know, we look at like DARPA videos and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's so advanced. They're going to come for us. And the truth is actual AI sucks. It's really not that we talk to AI programmers and we'll tell you it's not that advanced. It's not. We're not at that place yet.
1: Like, are you sure? Because it did a backflip and then it started running.
0: <laughs> right. And the whole time there's somebody standing next to him going, Sir, could you just wash your hands and we'll continue the conversation?
1: <laughs> like, no, 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 no. As he's like, you know <laughs> finger up his nose and then his Yeah, anyway. Then, yeah.
0: Just a can of can of lice all at him. Like, sir, I'm gonna have to ask you um yeah it's yeah I mean that first of all I'm gonna make a prediction on the whole Trump his that was the weirdest address I I think he's ever given and that's without the like weird thing where he apparently like had a hot mic moment at the beginning and whatever he first of all his his breathing seemed not as big and full as it usually is and he was kind of sniffling <laughs> <laughs> oh god and i'm please please don't call me a conspiracy theorist i'm just i'm, I'm just reporting i'm just reporting i'm gonna report a-
1: just just come out and say you've got you've got the virus i mean we've had one person with alzheimer's already
0: <laughs> I know, right? I don't think you would say anything. That's why I just think like, it's strange. It's like you said; it was like, um, how are tax breaks going to stop a virus? I'm confused. Um, it's it's not as if you know the the Spanish flu epidemic of the 20s was, you know, stopped in its tracks by a really good tax rebate. Like that's not going to happen. Hmm you know the federal reserve and everyone is giving they're giving over a trillion dollars in essentially free loans to banks and financial institutions
1: what is that? okay so seriously what is that going to do
0: <laughs> make them richer and and give them back a little bit of what they've lost in the market crash they're okay. bailing them out but but oh, keep another fighting. bailout
1: is that socialism isn't that socialism
0: thank you it's and socialism and now they want it now it's like oh hey no i want it it's only it's welfare for the rich and it's it's totally fine but just think about the amount that they're giving them in free loans to f- flipping business oh i can swear in here it's my own show oh, please. fucking businesses they're giving a, over a trillion dollars to fucking banks banks There are ancient texts that explain to you how shitty banks are and evil. And yet still you give a trillion dollars with that trillion dollars. You could have just canceled student loan debt. Boom.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You could give us universal healthcare. Boom. But somehow the minute you say like, well, we got to fix bridges. uh, If we can find the money for that. We need healthcare. (laughs) We have money for that bankers call up and go coronavirus is making me lose money and suddenly it's like oh here take everything I didn't get a free loan I didn't get a fucking free loan to go to college why do they get a free loan if you if they would have said look we we can't afford to To give you, uh, you know, every we can't do everything, but what we're gonna do is take loan student loans down to no interest, so you only will owe the principal, and we won't add interest. And when you make a payment, it comes off the principal, and that's it. Even to do something that simple, but the fact that nobody in that room did means nobody in that room has ever had to struggle.
1: Right, right, and that's the big thing. You know, the big thing is that we've had, like what you just said, everybody who makes these life changing decisions for everyone else has never had the opportunity to see what, you know, life in the real world, you know, is like. And that is part of the reason why everybody is fed up and they want to see a change in the status quo. So when, so when you have moderate uh, middle-class families who probably make a little more than a hundred thousand a year who are doing fine versus uh middle class or lower middle class who's not making that much you know it's um, you know and they're struggling trying to you know literally living paycheck to paycheck i mean it's it's sad, and so when you have one part one population of of the people who are looking down at the other part of of a population who's literally looking for fundamental change and if they make the decision, I am not going to vote for the lesser of two evils, then it's literally turning into like, you know, one class versus the next when it's really the same old divide and conquer scheme that I've been, you know, telling people all the time. But it just seems like, you know, if, it, it sounds as if I'm not being heard or understood. And I understand that because these things take a long time to trickle down Or trickle around to everyone. But uh it it is a certain type of madness that that is part of the reason why I practice yoga a lot. (laughs) I'll just say that. I love it. Yeah.
0: This is from uh this was posted 15 minutes ago by The Guardian. Okay. A federal judge has ordered that Chelsea Manning be released from jail in Virginia. Oh, nice. The U.S. Army U.S. Army analyst who leaked hundreds of thousands of documents to WikiLeaks has been held since May. Um, Yeah, they're letting her out. The judge Uh the judge ordered that her her act. Sorry, I'm just literally shaking. I'm trying not to cry right now. No, no, no. Do
1: you think? No, that's 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 awesome. I mean, I just heard yesterday you know at the time of this recording you know that she attempted suicide and so i'm just like is this really what it's going to take you know you've got you've got a human being that stood up for what they believe in and oh, yeah. that that I'm that's awesome. happening no, yeah that's
0: there's a part of it that says the judge said that her testimony is no longer needed like mm. Mm,
1: that's outstanding you know, there are some good people in the world. And if, you know, if we can just keep fighting the fight and speaking truth to power, you know, you know, big ups to Chelsea Manning. You know, she she's a hero. She is a true hero, you know? I mean, not a lot of people truly understand, you know, the sacrifice that she made, you know, not only in her professional life and personal life as well, you know, that, you know, that, you know, we have the opportunity to see history in the making, you know what I mean?
0: God, it's just, you know, it's, it's just that, you know, when I, when I heard the news yesterday about her suicide attempt and, and, and I've been following her case, I mean, you know, this since the buzzword yeah. days, is like, yeah. when I, you know, I, I remember like, Reporting on it the day she was sentenced, I remember all of the. You know, I remember going through all of that and and being so angry with my country, and then having a li- having that moment of Obama doing the right thing. Like right. I was like, I knew you, I knew you fucking had it in you. I know right. you have it in you,
1: right? Right.
0: And when he did that, I thought we're 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 going forward. And then of course, you know, then they have to go and take all of this. And the thing is, all of that money—they act as if she just has millions sitting around. That money was raised by people, like people who can't necessarily afford it, because they believed in what she did, and they've sat there and fined her almost half a million dollars, and put her in in in, in prison, and kept her from her, her you know medical needs. There's just it's such. I mean, it you know,
1: they kept her from having to take her take her, her you know the the stuff yeah. she needs to be who she is.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They kept her from oh. all of her stuff. She could never have her hormones, couldn't have this. It was just like literally like it would have killed her. And, you know, yeah. the fact that there's these it's like Harvey Weinstein gets 23 years, which no none of us, none of us fucking thought was going to happen. Wow. You know, he yeah. actually gets 23 years and Chelsea gets out and it's only Thursday.
1: <laughs> Yay. I mean, <laughs> woo, <sighs> well, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, just seeing, just seeing, you know, the fact that you know Harvey Weinstein got twenty three years. You know, I kind of like I read it in passing. I was like, really? Huh. All right. Keep it. I was like, wow, they really did it, huh? Okay, good, good.
0: (laughs) No, I, I did not. I was not expecting that. I thought maybe he'd get like eight or nine years on Mm. this one, and I Mm. thought maybe, maybe we could get twenty if you tacked on everything from LA because that's actually a stronger physical case or stronger case as i am gotcha. been told. But I think none of us believed it was going to happen because none of us being just women in general and women in the entertainment industry and then also women who specifically worked at Miramax and interacted with Harvey on any level because nobody, get, nobody got out of there. What I've learned is none of us got out of there unscathed. We were all like emotionally scarred. And we didn't realize it at the time because we're like, this is what you do, you gotta pay your right. dues. Make and my then dream you realize true. Yeah. 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 And then we're yeah. the therapy bills don't exactly pay themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well God.
1: Well, you know, you know, I, I I gotta say, on my end of things, I it, It was, um, it is amazing when I spent my time down in LA with all of my female friends, like some of them maybe about three or four years ago have told me some of the things that they've had to endure. And it wasn't a matter of, of course it wasn't a matter of me not knowing that the casting couch never existed or or what have you, but it was really just a matter of, um, it was really just a matter of being a degree or two apart from all of those things you know what I mean yeah like that's 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 like the the bigger things like oh my god like all of these things are like this is my friend or this is a friend of a friend you know I was fuck I mean I was literally just down there for an audition last week and I had lunch with a dear friend of mine and she was telling me that oh yeah so she this guy approached her well you know this filmmaker was like, hey, buddy's doing a film, blah, blah, blah. And then he was also trying to holler at her as well. So I was like, Oh, this is not gonna this is not gonna go well. Like I already see it. You're shitting where you're eating. So anyway, uh she went on set and then there were two other women who were pretty much fighting over the same dude. And I'm just sitting up here like, Holy shit, like this like, have we like we haven't learned, like we we really haven't learned like at all. Now You know, granted, she got the hell out of there. You know, good for her. You know, at the same time, I'm just like, you know, why are why are these two people fighting over some dude? Uh, anyway, it's it's gross. But yeah, but nothing compared to Harvey Weinstein.
0: Right and that's it's the colors of of the rainbow of of stuff that women in in Hollywood in every corner whether yeah. you're an actress or an assistant I've been in every corner of it and it is everywhere to the point that you actually like we have at least you know back in my day and still now is that you know there's kind of this silent sort of telegram that works out that everybody kind of tells people who to avoid or who to watch out for, who to do, you know, who not to take meetings with in certain places. And mm-hmm. it's sort of quietly whispered, but mm-hmm. at some point you're going to be put in the position that your career is going to require you, your career or your job is going to require you to work with these people right, or deal with these people. Right. And you're probably not gonna have the privilege of saying, I don't want to, I'm gonna walk out. Probably not.
1: Right. It's it's a type
0: of compliance.
1: You know, yeah. I think uh you know, uh I, I think I will extend uh what Dr. King has said a while ago. I think it was like his letter in Birmingham jail, you know, like white moderates, right? So I think this can easily, you know apply to the stand of you know misogyny and power right so if you are male or female in an industry that is known to have this type of behavior and you're either playing the game or you're not saying anything you are compliant and you are more so uh more dangerous i believe as as opposed to the actual person. Committing these horrible acts, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think it's just, we're starting, people are starting to realize, people are starting to realize a little more how much a part of not being assaulted or keeping yourself safe is is such a big part of a woman's daily life. It's Mm -hmm. It's like this thing. And I, I think people are, men especially are starting to understand that, but it's still scary when you tell people like, do you understand I have to literally worry about getting raped and killed when I take a walk to the store, if it's after dark, if it's this, like we have to do so many things and we, you know, have to worry about how we dress at work or how we do these things, how we say things to people. Can you, you know, make a joke or can you not? Because it could be used against you or put you in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And, What's really sad about it is that Harvey Weinstein is the perfect case. He didn't just hurt women. Um he did that behind closed doors. He did that where people couldn't see it outright so that it was only whispers. But what he did in in out in the open that I thought was just it, used to, it would break my heart because it was just like I understood you shouldn't put up with that, but these men didn't and I watched I watched Harvey put people like up against a wall, like put his hands on their throat and shove them up against a wall because he didn't like some God forsaken thing that was so insignificant and stupid. Um, you know, I saw him shove people into, th- I mean, I just, it was, you know, he was, he was like, he was a schoolyard bully and the worst part of it. And, and for some reason, you know, these guys, I watched them and they would take it. He would pit them against each other. You know, he would do these Mm. things where he would, like, tell one person that this person doesn't like you and then make people compete with each other and do all this stuff. So he had all of the men just fighting each other. Wow. And he was lying about all the women and then pretending to be this, you know, fucking guru of the movie industry. Which he kind of was, but he couldn't have done it without the people around him. The people around him are what made all those movies. The idea that he thinks he should get all the credit is mind-boggling for a guy who spent most of his time just bitching and moaning. (laughs) God, I love saying that. I love being able to say that. Because he ain't going to come after me. My NDA with them is toast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's good to see him actually have to pay for it. And there's more cases and there's one in London. I mean, he's done and (laughs) I'm more than happy. Like, you know, it's like Epstein, garbage, trash, thrown out.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't really care how it happened to tell you the truth. I don't give a fuck. I honestly like I care about a lot of things in this world and life is sacred and shit, but I don't care. I don't care. Epstein's dead. We have all the papers. Let's start a run. You're not shedding any tears. No, no.
1: So, so when he was killed,
0: <laughs> right? Alleged, yeah. well, I'll
1: just say when he died, yeah. there, there's still like stuff that's on paper that's documented that you could, that they can actually still go and get, you know, these uh, rapists. Basically, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, they they took all the stuff from his house. They've taken. They went and raided his place down and his island down in the Bahamas or whatever.
1: Gotcha. So do you think the conspiracy theorist in me is, is thinking, do you think they are, they have this list compiled and they're going through the list and going to the people that are on the list saying, Hey, give us this, or you're going to, you're going to jail. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what can you give me that's going to keep you from, you know, spending time?
0: Right. I think what's happening right now, because if you understand, here's a perfect example. Okay. Um, If you haven't seen the McMillions documentary.
1: Hmm, What's that?
0: There was a guy who stole game pieces and sold them to people for the McMillions. So for years, like 10 years, most of the million dollar winners who won the McMillions, it was a fraud. He had stolen those tickets and sold it to those people. Wow. So, it's this massive, massive investigation. But it took, if you watch that, like you took the FBI like two years or some ungodly amount of time to put together. I mean, they put together a whole sting that took a year. Like, it's a very long process to connect the dots. And I think right now, what they're doing, there's a lot of evidence that they probably took a lot, a lot, a lot. And putting this together could also be. Depending on how the things were organized, because we know that Epstein was sort of in the blackmail business, Mm -hmm. Um, these are probably going to end up being RICO cases, which means an even bigger, like, to me, I imagine a very large set of offices somewhere, like a floor of offices with FBI agents literally just going through things step by step. and And, you know, forensic financial guy, accountants going through every piece of every bank account and connecting. I mean, it is an arduous task. I would never like I would not want to be that person because you have to explain to people like this could take years before we can get a viable indictment and you're not going to want to go. And this is all just stuff I know from talking to people who did this as living that you don't want to go in and start indicting people like, hey, we got five and start doing it because then everyone else involved is going to run. Gotcha. The best thing to do, in my opinion, is to kind of do what they're doing, which is probably gathering everything, putting together all the pieces, and letting these people believe that they might be safe.
1: Gotcha. Ooh. So do you think Epstein's? Do you think Epstein's alive, like a uh, Tupac, Biggie, and uh, Elvis, or is he really dead? He's really <laughs> no, dead. No, he's dead. He's dead. dead. Now they're, they're
0: all, dead. all on the same island. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so funny, the idea, like, oh, yeah, they just cashed out and living on a island uh, somewhere.
1: Man, I think when that hammer drops, it is probably going to be unprecedented. And just, okay. you know, people that we've either put on a pedestal, you know, that we probably think very highly of is going to fall. And I think it's just going to be a whole, it's going to be a whole reimagining of what what we do as you know as people and as a community you know i think the perfect example you know is uh you know bill cosby i mean they're saying that he could be the largest serial rapist of all time <coughs> i mean of all time and and like yeah ever and i mean and just to put this in perspective how much this was a mind fuck for me you know was the fact that Going to an historically black college, you know, back in the 90s, Thursday evenings, everybody was either in dorm rooms in the general area or at home at apartments because between 8 and 10 p.m., Cosby showed a different world. Like it was like it yeah. was a ghost town. Like literally, you can see, you could be in the library and people looking at their watches, and it's like, oh, it's uh, 7.30, it's time to go. People will leave. Or they find like a room in the library that had a TV because we all looked at the Cosby show. And, you know, and you're looking at his contributions, you know, for, you know, in just in cinema and in black cinema as well, starting a whole, you know, stuntmen union, having black stuntmen in there. And then to have, and for him to do this, for him to make the conscious t- decision of trying to, Take his power and do the things that he did is atrocious. It's atrocious and it's sad. And you know, I- I'm left with and this is going to be very flippant. Don't put your faith, you know, in people. Put it in, you know, the accomplishments or whatever that you know w- that gave you the ability to go further. But man is foiled. Fo- uh, phallic, no not phallic irony uh <laughs> yeah. man makes mistakes, that's what I'm trying to
0: say, yeah, I think we put people on such pedestals that it's you can't i never you know i'm you know, I've met enough of my heroes to know not to expect them to be your hero, right, and right. I've been lucky enough, that you know a handful of them have actually been far and above more amazing than I could have ever imagined and really gracious and wonderful, but there's just as many of them that are scumbags. They're just scumbags. Yeah. You know, if you live in LA for more than a year, you're like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, you move to DC and, you know, they joke about it being, you know, Hollywood for less attractive people, but it's like, it's the same vibe. They just, it's not, it's a different wardrobe. Gotcha, but it's the same vibe. It's just douchebaggery after douchebaggery, and I can't. And the
1: outfits are not cute at all. It's very boring suits and pantsuits.
0: <laughs> so bad here at the fashion. Well, like downtown. Then once you get mm-hmm. out of it, like if you go around, like in my neighborhood, and like around Howard University, it's much better. It's way better, but not <laughs> yeah, not downtown. Don't don't take any. Don't judge the whole city by downtown. But yeah, it's just. But it's the same thing. They're living in this high school fantasy world where there's clicks and there's this, and you're going to be fucking prom queen. And except everybody gets to be prom queen once in some way. And, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, it doesn't, you know, in Hollywood, it's just, it doesn't end up usually for most people, it doesn't work out that great. Um, in DC, it seems to make people richer and richer and you can fail and you can do things terribly over and over and over again And you'll still get another chance. Huh. That, that confuses me about DC because, you know, it's like, oh, everyone just gets a free pass somehow. Like there's, you know, let them sit out for a little while, but you can probably come back. Like you can bankrupt people and, you know, do these things that literally affect millions. NAFTA. You can do things like that. The crime bill. You can do things like that and destroy people's lives. And everybody goes, well, you know, judgment call, but you know. right. If they're secretly gay or they have an affair or they smoke pot, then, oh, my God, you're done. You're done. That's it.
1: So where do we where do we find the line in regards to being held accountable, but yet having some kind of redemption? You know what I mean? Because because we we we're human beings we're going to make mistakes like that's that's part of our experience on this planet okay knowing that we need to be more empathetic and the fact that there isn't that much empathy in the world as it stands right now like where do we find that line so that we can make these mistakes and go forward i don't
0: know (laughs) we're always trying to like figure out these big existential they feel existential at times because we're just we're sitting here like all trying to be you know, as rational and as you know as smart as we can about the things that are going on in the world and how we react to them and what is the next step and how do we how do we fix these problems because that's the whole thing we're in this election year or whatever it's who's the person who can fix everything or we'll fix something
1: to some degree, we still believe that one person is going to fix everything, and I think that we should have addressed that concern after after the Obama administration and particularly after the after the Obama administration simply because we found out that just because we have a Black president, it doesn't mean that everything is okie-dokie because it wasn't. And, and it was really, really, really difficult for me because I'll say this, like, you know, being friends with, with Tyrell and the Venturas and just being around a whole bunch of people who either, who are uh, lack of a better way of saying it. Well, you know, not Democrat and not Republicans, but, you know, just centrist for that matter. Right. And then either libertarian minded or just not falling in the status quo, like being, being, being friends with them, being friends of the family with them, like it all of a sudden happened, in 2016 that I took the red pill. Like I thought I had taken the red pill, but (laughs) after 2016, that's when I actually took the red pill and I can't see anything differently, you know, just the same. Like perfect example is like going, like I said, going to Costco and seeing people buy all this toilet paper. I literally felt like I was the observer looking, looking at how human beings are acting like this is weird why is everybody buying toilet paper and and not even wondering if i should go get toilet paper (laughs) do i need toilet paper (laughs) i actually need to get an avocado and almond milk but i don't need toilet paper (laughs) you know so you know understanding conspiracy theories and understanding you know that 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 these things there, there can be some truth in it, but you know, you just have to take these things with a grain of salt and you have to look at it a little bit objectively. And you just can't go overboard. But anyway, I'm not losing my train of thought, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that understanding how people think um, you got to number one, you know, think for your own damn self. Number two, put things in perspective, you know, why are people doing what they're doing and understanding why? and um and what's number three I would probably say number three is continue to live your life as you see fit and not live in fear and that's what I and that's what I actually saw today I saw a lot of people living in fear wearing surgical masks that will not help at all (laughs) you know I saw this adorable kid maybe two, three years old with the face mask on, I'm like, it's not going to help. I'm literally like there as a parent, I literally wanted to walk to the other parent and say, that is not going to help. You need mm-hmm. another type of mask. What you're doing now is making him look like a mini Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're doing, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we do, we go into these weird comfort things and people like myself who have, you know, clinical anxiety and things like that, uh-huh. anxiety, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's sort of like we're meant, you know, we're, we've been trained to deal with this. And okay. so we, we live in this constant state of, which is why I always have like three months worth of toilet paper and like a ridiculous amount of like cleaning supplies and extra clean. You know, like I always have extra things like that. It's not, it's not a bad thing to have though. No, it's just being prepared. And, and to me, it's like, Oh, it's on sale. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's how I think, but we do that because it's less anxiety for me to know, like, I have three more cases of toilet paper. I don't have to think about, it. like I knew the things that stressed me out in life. And I, I, do things so that I don't have to do that and so okay. now I'm watching other people kind of do that thing of being like freaking out and being like oh my god what if, and I'm like now you know how it feels bitches ha! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I, I guess I, I've just been looking at this and you know I, I just have like it just didn't hit me like I like I, I'm still feeling as if these cats out here are like I don't need toilet paper why are you guys getting toilet paper don't you know this thing is like the flu like I, I'm like oh just Jeff just just do your job go to the next door <laughs> just right. get in the car <laughs> you know <laughs> get in the car and drive
0: it's like whatever makes you comfortable
1: yeah exactly that, but that nobody can
0: ever if anybody ever gives me shit in my life again for being like why do you have so much of this why do you have so much of this why are you paranoid I'm gonna be like Coronavirus.
1: Coronavirus.
0: (laughs) Like, now you know. But no, it's so strange because I've worked intermittently from home for like, you know, years at a time throughout my life. And so I've always, I've known how to do that. And now I'm working from home again. And now I saw these people who have no idea how to do that. They're like, oh my God, I don't know how to function. Like, how do I get up and do work in in my house? And like, how do I... Stay motivated and things. And it's like, you know, those of us who, because of anxiety or whatever, are like, I'm just going to stay in my house. It's nice in here. It's it's like we've been preparing for this our whole lives. Just... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I wanted to lock myself in my house and not be around people for a while now.
1: Well, that usually happens for me, like, after Thanksgiving. So after Thanksgiving, I'm like, you know what, fuck you guys. I'm not coming out until New Year's Day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like, because you might have a virus that I don't want to get. We freak out in these situations, and we always do a little bit. And, you know, people aren't like, knocking over convenience stores for toilet paper or anything now. They're just buying a lot of it. And right. you know kind of, you know, there people have a reason to be freaked out.
1: Oh, That's for like, sure.
0: Definitely. You know, there's definitely a reason to freak out. And they and and the administration is not handling it at all they're not even it's not even handling it poorly they're just not handling it it's like you we gave them the job to like babysit a toddler and they just left it in a room and walked out and they're like i don't know what's wrong there somewhere how far can it get
1: i, I find it, and it's absolutely funny that you have that trump gave this job to mike pence when you have a brain surgeon a literal genius in the in in, in regards to medicine Watching over the housing department, I'm just like, why, why, why is this happening? <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit at home and catch up on my Netflix. Like, that's, that's, that's what I'm gonna do.
0: And that's, I think, what we have to do. You know, like, we all have to just go, you know what? I need to just take a break because if you spend as much time as, as any of us do, you know, living on these feeds and reading all of these things and trying to make sense of it, because that's usually what you end up doing. And then you go down a rabbit hole that just makes everything much worse. Um, You know, I think we just have to remember that we are, this is, it should remind us that we're an interconnected community, that you can put up yes. all the walls you want, you can build all the whatever, you can put all your silly rules into place. But there are certain things that are, are not that you're, your magical line in the, in the sand is not going to stop. It doesn't matter how many bombs you have. Right. Things like this are even more dangerous to us than, than most war. And so I think, you know, these things are inevitable to an extent. <laughs> if, if people don't do shit, that's like, if you don't, if you just let things fall apart. Yeah inevitably you're going to get bit in the ass for it. And I think that's, you know, Trump is the guy who likes to save a buck and act like he's all big because of that. It's like, oh, I saved money on this. But he's also the guy who, his shit breaks down all the time. It's always breaking. And now, you know, it's always fucked up. Right. But he's like, right. yeah, but I, but I got it for like half off. I got a good real deal. I got like, a good cra-
1: deal. I got a real good deal. I got to work, my, work on my impersonation. So, you know, let's let's at least try, I guess, And uh, on a high note, what, what, what's going on in your life now? Like, I'm so happy that you have your podcast. Like, I really, really am. You know, I like, I've been waiting for this moment. I was like, oh, she needs to have a podcast. She needs to have a podcast. Oh my God. Like, she needs to do it. Like, who else, who who else do do you plan on getting? On your swing for the fences list, if you had a list of people you wanted to get on, who would they be?
0: Um Susan Sarandon. Nice. She's definitely up there on my list for a ton of reasons. She's just fucking rad as shit. That's one yeah. of them. And yeah. I think that's enough. Um Susan Sarandon, I'd like to I'd like to talk to I would actually like to talk to Margot Roby about Birds of Prey and her Harley Quinn character. Like I'd actually like to really have a have a convo about that.
1: Have you seen the movie? I haven't seen it yet.
0: Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah. Is it good? It's good shit. Okay. It's good shit. I gotta I'm see. It. I'm gonna see it. Yeah. I'm
1: gonna see. It. It's um, still out, right?
0: Yep. It Yeah, still be. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll yeah, be yeah. out soon.
1: Yeah, I was supposed to see it like two weeks ago, but it just it just didn't happen because, ironically enough, I had a cold last weekend and we <laughs> had to see. Oh God, man! I'm telling you, it's like was like, you got I was Like, no. I just have the sniffles. Everybody's fine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, went to see Onward, you know, with, with oh, the yeah, little yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Birds of Prey is definitely on the list. I, you know what? I dig, I dig her, her interpretation of a uh, Harley Quinn. I mean, just the character itself is such a, uh, you know, in, in, in the land of geekdom is such a historical character right like like harlequin was an original you know not a yeah an original character for for batman the animated series first non-comic book character and then it just you know Mm -hmm. the character was so good that it went to the graphic novels and now live action yeah i just wish dc DC could really get their shit together i mean you know if if birds of prey is good which i'm sure it is because it was you know, when I saw the trailer, I was trailer. I was like, "Okay, I'll see this film." Right? Like, I kind of went in kicking and screaming to see Aquaman, but that was just because I really enjoy Jason Momoa as a person, right? Yeah, and me too, as a yeah. person. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I want him to win. I'd like he needs to win. I'm gonna go right. see Aquaman because fuck, he needs a win. <laughs> you know,
0: I'm always there for the underdog. Yeah,
1: you know. And uh I went like when I saw Justice League, I went in I went in knowing this is gonna be a, a piece of shit, but you know, I want to see the Snyder Cut. Like I want to see the Snyder Cut. Like I need to see Sni the Snyder Cut simply because I know it's probably gonna be so vastly different than that pile of crap they put out in the movie theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know. And, uh, and again, you know, okay, I'm so glad we, I'm so glad we're on, we're on nerd, nerd, nerdist stuff, you know, Mm. simply because, you know, I went back, and I'm trying to get my son to see DC movies, but he pretty much was like, no, these movies suck. And, (laughs) and he's not wrong. Like, I'm, I'm, (laughs) you know, I, when I went to go see Wonder Woman, you know, I was like, do you want to see Wonder Woman? No, no, I don't. I don't want to see it. Like, come on, man, let's see Wonder Woman. It's like, no. And I'm like, oh, come on. Okay, let's go see let's go see Justice League. Because I was like, well, it's going to be right up his alley. Right? It's going to be like a Marvel PG-13. He's
0: like, no, I don't want to see
1: that movie. <laughs> I made him. I made him see Batman versus Superman at home. Like, you know, and he was like, eh, okay, this is okay. But we saw the director's cut, which is why I'm like, okay, I need to see the Snyder cut of Justice League because I know the director's cut of B.V.S., was decent, like it was a it, it was a whole complete story, you know. So yeah, I, I hope Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is uh, better. You know, okay, you know what, you know what I think. Here's here's what I think. The touchstone movie for me is Superman, Superman the movie, right? You know, there's the second movie of its kind, as far as like visual effects, you'll believe a man can fly and you're, you know, and all that stuff, the story and all that stuff. And so what really got to me was how they introduced Krypton. The thing for me with Wonder Woman was the fact that they they rushed the movie to get to the action where I wanted to see the mascara, right? Like I, you saw it, like you saw the place, you saw the people that inhabited the place, but it was really, I think, just a placeholder to get them off the island and into the regular world. And I think that's where DC as a whole made the mistake of not going back to its roots, not like not doing that great three act structure where you're introducing who these people are. You're, you know, you're introducing the civilization and this one person who needs to go out and do good things, right? You know, we rushed through Diana Prince, you know, being a little girl, and then all of a sudden she's, a, you know, an adult. And I'm just like, come on, I want to see, I want to see her, you know, be a little mischief maker, you know, because she's different than all the rest and all that stuff. But anyway, I'm digressing. I, I, I want 1984 to, you know, Wonder Woman yeah. 4 to be good, you know, like. I
0: I like the trailer. I thought the trailer looked good. And I'm mean, like I said, I was never a huge you know, Wonder Woman fan. I mean, I you know, it was fine. It was like cool. It's a, it's a woman and, you know, like I liked her, don't get me wrong. But I was yeah. never like upset. It was never a connection to it like with other characters or other things. And, you know, um I I didn't have a whole lot of characters in sort of mainstream comics that I really identified with in a way that was like, wow, yeah, like that where I got really into it.
1: Mm-hmm. You're more um, like a Sandman and more. Yeah, arc- I was going
0: to say, like, my favorite comic book female is Death. <laughs> <laughs> and Delirium. I'm like, those bitches are awesome. Like, every female character and every female god, every goddess in and in, in Sandman is pretty much like, yeah, I like right. her. Um, yeah, I like darker things. but But then also, you know, like She-Hulk. I really got obsessed with She-Hulk at, at some mm. point in my, like, childhood, teen years, whatever, obsessed. And I love that character. So I'm actually kind of excited that Disney Plus is doing a She-Hulk series.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know who's going to play She-Hulk, but I, th- it's probably going to be, like, I don't know.
1: There are no rumors uh, circulating around?
0: Um, I think the rumor is Eliza Dushku. Oh. Yeah. And Mark Ruffalo will be Bruce Banner. He'll come in because it's his cousin. That's the whole like gist of the story is that she needs a blood transfusion because she's going to die because something happens. And the blood transfusion turns her into Um, She-Hulk. So, yeah. yeah. So it's supposed to be Bruce Banner's cousin. So, you know, I don't want anything with Mark Ruffalo because he's cool and he's from Wisconsin. Yeah, Mark
1: (laughs) Ruffalo's cool, too.
0: He's, he's one of my, he's one of my people, he's my people. When we understand each other, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. Thank you for being a patron to Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. Your patronage allows me to explore topics with people I would never get to pretty much anywhere else. Take a moment to leave comments, suggestions, share the Patreon with your friends so we can go from audio to video podcasts and so much more. Thank you again for supporting Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. Take care of each other out there.